The FBI is under major scrutiny right now and for very good reason. Here are a couple stories that you're not going to hear a lot about, if at all, that pretty much sum up the way the FBI and all the bureaucracies are functioning right now. And it really does confirm that if we're going to continue on as a country, all these bureaucracies need to be gutted and some of them burned completely down. And I mean that metaphorically. This is Gene, and you're listening to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Hey, hey, this is Gene. Welcome back to Dumbasses Talking Politics. Happy Thursday. I hope you guys had a great day yesterday. Oh boy, do I have some stories for you, and I'm not even going to mess around with an introduction today because it's time to get to these stories. Uh, but maybe I will mess with around. I, I did kind of bitch about this yesterday. Or this week, I don't know if it was yesterday, but the bureaucracy. If you look at countries like the Soviet Union, you look at countries like China, you look at countries like Cuba and Venezuela, and even to a small extent, socialist countries like France, Britain, you'll notice one thing. They, they politically are really dead. They're run by bureaucracy. They have become bureaucratic states. Now, Russia used to call them, used to call the body, the government, they used to call them the body. And the bureaucracies were the organs. You'll hear, you read that you, when you read about Russian history and you read a lot about, you read, um, let's say, Shosetskin's the Gulag Archipelago and things like that, they always call the different bureaucracies within the Soviet Union the organs. Because the organs are what makes the body move. Politics doesn't make the body move. Politics isn't even the brain of the government, isn't even the brain of the body. Like the, um, for example, the President of the United States, the Vice President of the United States, the House, the Senate, the Judiciary... These are supposed to be the heads of the government making decisions about how we do things. And it turns out that's not exactly what's happening. It's the bureaucracies, those three-letter agencies, CIA, DOJ, DEA, uh, INS, uh, um, IRS, things like that. They're, those are the organs of this country. They're the ones that are keeping this country, this country alive. And that's dangerous. Because those organs are, are based purely on ideology. They don't care about justice, which is primarily what they're supposed to be caring about. They don't care about defending the Constitution, which is primarily what they should be thinking about. They're concerned about this leftist ideology, this communist, socialist, totalitarian, tyrannical ideology that is wokeism, leftism, and they're running their agencies based off that. Now, one of the agencies that's just getting beaten up right now, and they all are, they all are, the Department of Homeland Security, DHS, that's one of them, it's getting beaten up. The CIA, it, people have, people have laid off of those the CIA, but they're also one that's extremely corrupt. The IRS needless to say, is terribly corrupt. But the one that really is beginning to stand out right now is the FBI, the Federal Bureau of Investigation. 
Here are a couple of stories by Luke Rosniak of The Daily Wire. Now, The Daily Wire, I read a lot about. Every once in a while, they come up with something that's just, they come up with stories that are just amazing. Just amazing. And you'll never hear them. You'll never hear about them. Yet, they're all confirmed. Like Fox News, CNN, MSNBC, Reuters, AP, none of them will talk about these stories. Even though they're all true, they've all been confirmed true, no one talks about them. And they're, they're horrid stories. They really make the organ of the FBI look really bad. But no one wants to talk. And they're all confirmed. That's one of the things with Luke Rosniak. He's an actual real journalist. He looks stuff up. He confirms stuff before he says it. So he's a real journalist. So if he comes up with this, he's going to tell you, hey, um, here's the story. Here's who confirmed it and so forth. So one of the things I said, and I think this fits perfectly into my last day of the week, uh, the podcast the last day of the week, we've been talking a lot about children and how the government doesn't care about children. The left will destroy children. They just don't care. And these two stories really accentuate that because the FBI is just an extension of the left right now. That's all they are. And we could say the FBI is, the are, the military is getting there. Again, a, a military, believe it or not, is still another bureaucracy, especially the upper echelons. I'm not saying get rid of the military, but I'm saying you need to clear out the upper echelons of the military because these people are all falling in line with the leftist ideology. Uh, these two stories are just absolutely terrible. And I'm gonna re- I'm gonna go through these stories completely because they are just I'm gonna read them to you basically. And then we'll talk about it as we go. So this is a really horrid story, and believe it or not, it's not the worst. So let's go with this. This is from Luke Rosniak of the Daily Wire. On January 6th. 2021, the FBI explicitly chose to abandon a sting on a child pornographer in Virginia who was messaging with an undercover agent about having sex with a nine-year-old boy, opting instead to focus on prosecuting Donald Trump's supporters who stormed the U.S. Capitol. Less than three years later, the FBI discovered the same man living in Alaska where he appears to have been performing sex acts on a 10-year-old boy, according to documents. On December 2nd, 2020, an internet user with the screen name GayBoy69Freak messaged an undercover agent with the FBI's Washington field office, who was posing as a father pimping out his nine-year-old son, and told him that he wanted to travel to D.C. to have sex with the boy. The man also sent the agent a video of a prepubescent minor male being anally penetrated by an adult male's erect penis. His IP address led the FBI to Brogan Welsh of Glen Allen, Virginia. What appears to be a slam dunk case against the child predator was abruptly abandoned just one month later. Now, can, can you imagine being an FBI agent and seeing this right off the bat? It's actually having pictures of somebody sodomizing a child. Quote, on January 6, 2021, FBI Washington Field Office 
decided the investigation was halted due to events that occurred at the United States Capitol building that day, end quote, court documents said. Okay, so now we actually have in court public public material basically saying the FBI decided to forget about the pedophile. For what reason? Because of the January 6th riots. The man was only arrested and the court documents only filed because Welsh moved to Alaska and crossed the Anchorage FBI's radar in an unrelated perversion investigation. On October 24, 2023, after coming across troubling chats from Welsh on a phone they seized from a different alleged pervert, Alaska FBI agents went to his house and, quote, located items including sex toys that are very small in size and apparently consisted consistent with a body size of an approximate 10-year-old boy, as well as children's underwear. The investigation, this is all the quote, the investigation has revealed that the 10-year-old boy was, in fact, residing at at the residence belonging to Welsh, end quote, the agents wrote. In other words, because the FBI called off the dogs, even after Welsh sent child porn to an FBI agent, he appears to have gone on to molest another 10-year-old boy. Absolutely incredible. This is the problem with not having consequences. This is the problem where people don't fear getting arrested. And apparently, they don't fear getting arrested because they won't get arrested. The FBI decided to ignore this because of January 6th. Absolutely incredible. And by the way, is the story true? Yes, it is. It's in court documents. This Welsh has been arrested. What's going to be amazing, you'll find out later. He hasn't been arrested for assaulting a 10-year-old boy in Alaska. Let's continue. It was the FBI's agents worked through the Alaska case that they realized that the Bureau's Washington field office had a slam-dunk evidence that it had never bothered to do anything with and added it to the charging documents filed on November 6, 2023. The Alaska arrest of Welsh made uh, made based on the initial child pornography crime in Virginia, not even his apparent crime in Alaska. In other words, they're charging him for what he did in Virginia three years after, three years after what he did because he had actually assaulted a child in Alaska. So he assaults a child. He wants to assault a child in um, Washington, D.C. They have all this evidence. They're going to nail this guy. Then they drop the case because of January 6th. Then they, the guy moves to Alaska, rapes another child, gets caught in Alaska, they don't have enough evidence in Alaska, so they use the evidence from three years prior from Virginia. Absolutely incredible. You know what could have solved that problem? Arresting the son of a bitch in Virginia when you had him. Incredible. Absolutely incredible. 
the Washington field office wouldn't say how many other ordinary criminal investigations were put on hold because of January 6th, but it did acknowledge that resources were diverted, diverted, quote, the immediate aftermath of January 6th attack on the U.S. Capitol, WFO resources were surged to support the FBI's response to the investigation, end quote. The office told the Daily Wire in the statement, quote, however, WFO continued to diligently pursue its ongoing investigations while we can't speak of specific circumstances of the cases. The FBI takes all crime against children investigations extremely seriously, and we must follow the facts where they lead and collect enough evidence to pursue the prosecution. In other words, bullshit. So what he says, yeah, well, yeah, we did pull people off. We don't know how many cases we decided to ignore, uh, but we do take it all seriously. I mean, we were investigating. They didn't arrest anybody. Continuing, this sort of admission that a case was dropped rarely appears in court filings because a dropped investigation means nothing ever makes it to court. Walsh's case is an exception because he tripped the wires of a different field office in Alaska, which picked up the case. Federal pro- Because they have nothing else to do in Alaska. Of course they picked up the case. They're, Washington, Virginia and Washington, D.C. are investigating guys who were wearing makeup and walking around walking around and taking selfies in the uh, in the Capitol building. And they, they don't have time to deal with child rape or anything. Federal prosecutors have charged more than 1,000 defendants in what they call the Capitol breach, and more than 65,000 legal documents have been filed in the case, according to the Daily Wire database. Investigators and prosecutors have limited time, so it turns out that all that work likely comes at the expense of the cases they'd normally be handling. You know, like child rape. That would be a good case to maybe handle. The focus on January 6th prosecutions has coincided with the U.S. Attorney for the District of Columbia prosecutors, who, because of D.C.'s unique status, handle most criminal Uh, local criminal violations in the city, increasingly deciding not to prosecute residents arrested by the Metropolitan Police Department, even as D.C. crime has gotten out of control. So this is, is again, one of those Trump things. So these guys are going out and trying to get 700 people who went into the Capitol. We can't even say broke into the Capitol. The new Speaker of the House just released 40,000 hours of video from the Capitol riots. And guess what we're seeing? Pretty much what you thought we were seeing. A bunch of people just walking in. A lot of them let in. The cops escorting people. The cops watching people. Lines of, uh, pro quote, protesters, end quote, walking in between stanchions, looking at the Capitol building. We see a lot of that in those videos. We don't see a lot of rioting, rushing, beating up of police officers, which, by the way, has turned out that most of that is just lies. A lot of that is not lies. Not all of it. There is, There was some, but most of it is a lie. These guys were busy. The Washington, D.C., uh, DOJ, and the FBI were more concerned about those 700 people than they were concerned about actual crime in Washington, D.C. They didn't care about that. They didn't care about child rape. 
What other crimes did they they come uh, ignore? Well, the article continues. In 2020, before the Capitol event, the office declined to prosecute 35% of felonies and 52% of misdemeanors that were brought to them by local police. In 2021, as they focused on the Capitol defendants, those numbers grew to 56% and 42%, according to the Department of Justice data. In a in 2022, a whopping 72% of people who were arrested for misdemeanors in Washington, D.C., and 53% would-be felons found themselves going free because prosecutors simply didn't bother to pursue their cases. The U.S. Attorney's Office has in part blamed a lack of accredited crime lab to test drugs and DNA. At the same time, life has gotten worse for D.C. residents. Violent crime is up 39% compared to last year. Homicide is up to 34%. In 2020, there were 360 carjackings in D.C. Do you know how small D- Washington, D.C. is? Washington, D.C. is puny. You have one carjacking a day in a city that is about the size of my arm and you can't stop it? And nobody's going to jail? So far in 2023, there have been 870 carjackings. That is almost three carjackings a day in Washington, D.C. And when I say Washington, D.C. is small, I mean it is puny. It's got to be about 20 miles square. It is puny. And they have three carjackings a day because they refuse to prosecute. They're letting child predators out because they refuse to prosecute. But meanwhile, they are going after those 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 capital rioters, and they were rioters. And yes, yeah, some of them, a lot of them, deserve to go to prison. A lot of them don't. Okay, I don't know what the percentage is. I mean, the guy who stole uh, Nancy Pelosi's lectern, yeah, she should probably go to prison. But a lot of these guys, not only did they not do anything, they were encouraged and even escorted by the police, the Capitol Police. And they're looking at 15, the guy, the, the shaman guy, they gave him 15 years. Talk about an over-prosecution. The only reason he was released is because the Republicans released those videos showing that not only was he not rioting, the police were walking and talking with him. They weren't treating him like uh, as a threat. They didn't put him in handcuffs. They unlocked doors for him. But this is who they're going for. Now, I, I, I'm talking a lot about the Gulag Archipelago. And the reason I'm talking a lot about the Gulag Archipelago is I'm reading it and it's it motivates me. And I'm making a lot of comparisons between the United States and the 19... It's uh, the Soviet Union between about 1918 and 1965. And there's a lot of... there's a, And I even mentioned when I talked about it, there's a lot of parallels between the two countries. One of the parallels is the putting of criminals on, plat, on a platform. Now, I did mention... Criminals like Antifa and BLM, but I mean regular criminals. It was very common that the Soviet organs, the Soviet bureaucracies, used criminals to steal the wealth from 
the uh, from the prisoners that they they were sending to the gulag. Criminals were sentenced to prison, but they're sentenced much lighter than political criminals, which is what Sholzitskin was. They were given high priority in the prisons. They were sent to smaller prisons unless the bureaucracies needed the criminals to actually steal, intimidate, and steal from the, from the political prisoners. And the political prisoners had no recourse. It's not like they could beat them up. It's, and, and sometimes they did. Sometimes they didn't. Cholziskin actually came up with the idea it was best that you gave everything up when you went to prison because you were going to lose it one way or the other. You might as well come to grips with the fact that your old life was over. You were going to have nothing. Come to grips with that right now. It'll make your, your jail time easier. So a lot of them just gave the criminals the stuff because there was no point in keeping it. But the reality of the matter is the bureaucracies, much like our government, are actually using criminals for their benefits. And we see that now. The criminals are their voting base. They like it. BLM, Antifa are the strong arms. They're the ones that are supposed to keep conservatives in line. And criminals, well, criminals love Democrats because it keeps Democrats out of prison. So they'll vote for them too. They'll fight for the Democrats too. Absolutely incredible story. So I told you, there's a worse story. I shit you not. This is not the worst story of the day from Luke Rosniak. Okay. And by the way, these, these stories have been out for about two weeks. I just never got to talk about them because it would take the entire podcast. And it's going to take the entire podcast. This next story is longer and more disturbing. Yes, a child rapist who wasn't convicted because they were the FBI was too busy dealing with January 6th is and then got arrested in another state and ended up having the evidence that they gathered 3 years prior but failed to prosecute him with they had to use that to prosecute him yes that sounds like a terrible story this one is worse it's almost amazing to believe this one is worse. Now, what's really bad about this story is that uh, not I, I can't remember, we're going to go through it, but I can't remember if this was a story that is, uh, if he actually interviewed people, I know he did, but if he actually interviewed people or released their names or talked about who talked to him, that's not worse about this story. What's worse about this story? Luke Rosniak actually posted social media pictures and entries from these people. So even if there is no collaboration with the with FBI whistleblowers and Luke Rosniak, and he made this shit up, which he didn't, I, I know he didn't, uh, the actual social media pictures, text messages, all this stuff that he got, which probably got from the, his FBI source, actually raises enough questions that you're like, okay, is somebody talking about this? And this uh, you will never see in the media. As a matter of fact, I got to tell you, I 
have a hard time believing this is even true. Sometimes nonfiction is stranger than fiction. Okay, so let's go. Another story by Luke Rosniak from the Daily Wire. And if you want to, go to Dumbass to Talk in Politics. Go to the links. Read these stories. Just amazing. This is a gigantically long story. A Satan-worshipping cult of pedophiles is blackmailing girls into cutting themselves. But the FBI didn't seem interested in that so much as the fact that one of its members once used the N-word, a Daily Wire investigation found. This is terrible. This is where ideology takes is, is taking precedent over actual crime and justice. This group wasn't picked on. Well, we'll get to that. You Just listen to the story. It's amazing. For years, the group, the group known as 764 and Harm Nation has tortured what is believed to be hundreds of thousands of girls. But the FBI didn't put its cyber crimes or violence against children investigators on it. Instead, its interest appeared to have peaked mainly by the fact that the group, most of whose victims are white teens, were, was once racist to a black girl. So I just, first off, what's amazing is the FBI knew about this group, but they did nothing about it. That is until the N-word was used against a black girl. Until finally they picked on a black girl instead of all the white girls. The domestic, by the way, this is part of the reason why I can't stand these race baiters. These people on TikTok, these people on Twitter, the, the race baiters like Jesse Jackson and all those other idiots. Because these race baiters don't understand. You are minimizing white life. You're minimizing people because of the color of their skin. Now we see that our bureaucracies are doing that. Nothing. I mean, who is for molesting of little girls? Black, white, Mexican, it doesn't matter. Who's for that? And who will say, no, we got to just let it go. It's not that big of a deal. Who says that? Continuing, the domestic terrorism unit is investigating the Satanist pedophiles for a white supremacy RMVE or racially motivated violent extremism, even though the sole known arrest by the FBI is a Hispanic man who called the judge a cracker in court, according to court records and interviews. Angel Luis Almeida was indicted, yeah, that sounds like a real white supremacist right there, but that's what they're doing. That's what they're doing. Anybody who does something bad has got to be manipulated to be white. And if there's no, and by the way, you can't, the pictures of this guy are on the internet. Okay, the pic, Rosniak released pictures of this guy. He does not look any, by any stretch of the imagination does he look white. Is his skin white? But they called him a white man. This is a racially motivated violent extremism. It doesn't matter that he called the judge a cracker in court. And by the way, in the article, they do have more discussion about this guy. He said a lot more than that in court. I'm not going to cover that section simply because it's just, it's a, it's a lot of extra stuff that we don't even need to know here. Continuing. Angel Luis Almeida 
was indicted in January in New York City on charges of sexual exploitation, violation of the Mann Act, and possession of child abuse sexual material, with prosecutors writing that, quote, the defendant has an outspoken mem- is an outspoken member of 764, a neo-Nazi network, end quote. One of the group's leaders is a 19-year-old called Yuri, who calls himself a femboy, a term associated with left-wing queer culture. Now, why is that important? Because the only reason the FBI investigated this group is because they're calling them a white supremacist group. They would not investigate this group if this was a black supremacist, if this was an actual black supremacist group. But because, I don't know how they even came that this was a white supremacist group. Most of their victims are white. So I'm not exactly sure where, and I, from this article, it doesn't look like Rosniak knows where they came up with this. Critics say, at best, it's an example of the FBI misclassifying cases in order to tell Congress that right-wing domestic terrorism is the greatest threat to America. At worst, they say, it's an example of a heinous torture of girls by pedophiles not being a priority, unless there was an angle making it politically appealing to Democrats. Advocates for children say what it should be is a reminder that children of all types are being exploited online by bad people and they need help. Now, if you go to the article, the next section of the article, this is a very long article. The next section of the article talks about this uh, Angel Luis Almeida, what his crimes were, what he said to the judge, and it shows pictures of him and another member of this group which it wasn't meant was actually mentioned in this article. The other member of this group was also a dark-skinned Hispanic. And the only reason I want to point out these are dark-skinned Hispanics is because they are calling these two white supremacists. And by the way, these dark-skinned Hispanics mostly were abusing white girls. They just got caught abusing a black girl and According to the article, that's the only one. And they talk about, um, they talk about uh, uh, that's what's important and that's what they need to get into. Even though one of the girls, I mean, they've got a picture of one of the girls just all cut up and the threats. Now let's get into what these predators are about because it's pretty insane. It's insane that the FBI knew about this and just let, let it go. 764 was operating across the world with new victims regularly falling into its web when they began chatting with strangers online, only to find themselves blackmailed and threatened into self-abuse. One group of predators reviewed by the Daily Wire had 321 members. One of its leaders wrote, quote, it's kind of fun. We do get pretty girls nudes. Then we like creating a group chat with a few members sending their docs bin created right in the group chat as they're being extorted blackmailed to do fun stuff mostly engraving our names into their bodies cutting their faces and whatnot we love breaking promises giving them false reinsurance reassurances 
uh, then in the end ruining their effing lives. The most fun I had was forcing this girl's family to move states. She texted me on Valentine's Day photos of liquor and depression pills, end quote. Wow, sounds like a real quality group. Cooper Fay, a Florida man who works professionally in a private armed security, has made a personal mission out of investigating child abusers, some of whom he exposes on Instagram via the account Mankind Against Pedos. One pedophile got so angry that he was exposing his peers that he sent Faye a threatening message. Faye saw the profile picture featured a girl slicing her own throat. That pedophile's trail led to 764, and he began gathering evidence. So the FBI knows of this group, but it's, it, it's amazing that only a citizen who goes out and starts investigating is the one who brings this stuff up. With Faye sounding the alarm against the group on Instagram, one of his victims... And by the way, where, is the, where are the moderators of Instagram? Where are these moderators? You, you know, the mo- same moderators who kicked us off for saying that the COVID shots didn't work, saying that masks didn't work, saying that Hunter Biden had this laptop that has all sorts of evidence against Joe Biden. Where were these mod- Where are these moderators? Yeah, I don't know either. With Faye sounding the alarm of the group on Instagram, one of his victims approached him and shared more material. Quote, she was 16 years old, 15 when it started. They would make her cut herself and carve their names in her skin. All they did is tell her, tell her her address and say they were going to show up. She didn't even send them nudes. Materials, and he's got pictures of that. Materials located by Faye included a Discord server where the group's leaders posted videos of themselves torturing girls. One of the videos showed its members forcing a girl to cut her hair by threatening to post embarrassing information to the internet if she didn't. No, don't, she pleaded in a heartbreaking video. Isn't there anything else I can do? You have 30 seconds. We told you what we need to do, what you need to do. Should we press send? Fine, the girls said between sobs. Please just leave me alone. Okay, I want you to take take the hair you cut off and put it in your mouth and say, I'm sorry, moist. One more of her tormentors said while his online using his online handle. Faye had taken evidence of other child molesters to local prosecutors who often seem uninterested in pursuing the case. There's a shocker. Since this one involved people across the country and the world. He wanted the FBI and two agents met with him twice last month. Faye was grateful to see the walls closing in on the shocking villains, but the agents didn't seem to know much about how child abusers operate or the intricacies of their favorite tools. Quote, they're not so behind the curve that they are asking me, an amateur, how it works. Faye said, told the Daily Wire, That's because just in New York, the FBI had sent domestic terrorism agents looking for a white supremacy supremacy angle. Here's the thing. Um, If you think the FBI can't hunt down these people, that's just untrue. The FBI is made up of hackers. These guys know how to get a hold of them. Quote, they said they're from the counterterrorism division and working against domestic terrorism and had done work against ISIS and Al-Qaeda, he explained. They said they were interested in 764 because 
of racially motivated violent extremism, he said. The evidence Faye gathered showed numerous girls being tortured with with psychopaths using whatever leverage they could inflict pain. Almost all of the victims were white, but two were black, and they made one write the N-word on a piece of paper. Quote, I showed them multiple images of girls cutting themselves. The girl that slit her throat was white, but they were very focused on the one girl who was black, who they had to write Yuri rapes N-words, he said. Faye explained to the agents that opportunistic predators will use whatever sensitive issue for someone. Quote, they were very focused on the neo-Nazi elements of the group and white supremacist elements of this group, he said. Faye said that it was the first and foremost child abuse group and that if it had an ideology, it was Satanism. He pointed out that it had Hispanic members. The FBI agents replied, according to Faye, that it had, quote, seen a trend recently of Hispanic white supremacists. So there it is. There it is. It's just, you know, these guys, they're just looking for white supremacy anywhere. And this is it. So these Hispanics are whites. It's it's like the Proud Boys. The Proud Boys wasn't founded by a white supremacist. The Proud Boys was found founded by a Hispanic man. So they may be a criminal organization, but they're not a white supremacist organization. There was also another element that might be politically attractive enough to a Democrat-captured FBI to garner attention even when other child molester gangs were ignored. One of the leaders, Yuri, said he's from Russia. Yeah, well, there you go. Those Russians, they're really bad. Now, I'm not saying Russians are good. I'm not saying Russian government is good. But I'm saying that that's what they see. If it's a Russian, we can use it. If this guy was a Ukrainian, they couldn't. They, they dropped the case immediately. But if it's a Russian, hey. Faye had previously filed a report to the FBI about pedofi- a pedophile in England, and it made little effort to follow up, he said. It seemed more interested in the pedophile with a connection to Russia, even though it would be easier to get Britain to cooperate with the prosecution. While Yuri added a Russian angle to the law enforcement agency that previously used the nation to try to take down the Republican presidential candidate, he also undermined the notion that it was a right-wing gang. Yuri described himself as a fanboy associated with a left-wing queer culture and once posted a video of himself wearing a furry-like animal costume. That's not very neo-Nazi, as Faye said. That didn't stop the FBI, however, from describing a queer-led gang as a right-wing group of Hispanic white supremacists. The FBI said it would keep working with Faye to build the case. Reached by the Daily Wire on the phone, one of the agents declined to say why it was being handled by such a race-focused domestic terrorism unit instead of a child sex crimes or cyber investigators. After the agent realized that Faye was in communication with the Daily Wire, the agent cut ties and didn't respond to Faye when Faye sent him new evidence of yet another apparent child predator. Quote, I definitely think it is selective investigation based on the identity of the victim. They seem to be specifically interested in this group, even though there are plenty, there are, uh, there are plenty examples of other children being exploited. Even the group targets a majority of white children. They keep bringing the conversation back to the white supremacist anger. 
angle. And then the 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 we're going to continue this article because the article does go into what they're really into, domestic terrorism. The handling of the 764 case is a window into the FBI, uh, into how the FBI has told Congress that white supremacy domestic terror- terrorism is the biggest threat facing the nation. President Joe Biden has said that, quote, white supremacy is the single most dangerous terrorist threat in our homeland. I say this wherever I go, end quote. Now, mind you, um, domestic terrorism isn't the greatest problem in, Amer- in America. It's definitely not white supremacy. And the thing is, they're trying to discover white supremacy anywhere they can go. And this is the only way they can do their jobs, is if they have an angle. If it's an attack on uh, uh, LGBTQ, if it's an attack on blacks, if it's anything like that, if it's anything they can they can mold into white extremist religious cult-like behavior, that's what they're going to go for. It doesn't matter that they're attacking white girls. That's not going to get prosecuted. That's not going to get investigated. Remember I said that that blacks are now on the pedestal. If you're black, you're on a pedestal. If you're gay or you're trans or you're whatever, you're on a pedestal. We have a two-tiered system. Straight white people are not on that system. We're on the bottom of it. And we are never going to get justice in this country. So, I, I again, I've skipped most of this. The last section of this article was all about how the the Department of Justice and the and, and he even mentions the Nashville shooter who was a trans man, a woman who thinks she was a man, and she killed a bunch of Christians to kill white Christians. That's what her goal was, and we know that now. But the FBI doesn't want to talk about it. They don't want to release the manifesto. They want nothing to do with this. But they have no problem calling a Hispanic man a white Hispanic man who's a white supremacist. Absolutely incredible. Now, there are some things that this article shows, that these both these articles show. The FBI is compromised. It needs to be gutted. It is sucked in to this left-wing, wokest indoctrination BS. It has become the secret police of the left. In the middle of the night, early in the morning, they're walking in and busting down abortion, uh, anti-abortion protesters. That's what they're doing. And it's not just the FBI. It's all the three-letter agencies, the IRS, DOJ, CIA, DHS, EPA, INS, all of them. They need to be burned to the ground, metaphorically, and we need to piss on their ashes. They need to be rebuilt. Or they need to be at least gutted. It also shows that bureaucracy doesn't care about people. It is an unfeeling, immoral machine. Their only goal is to justify their existence, and they will justify their existence in any immoral, amoral, backwards way they can. It shows that the entire government is twisted like this. And they're going to do whatever they have to do 
in order to keep going and keep their power because that's what this is all about, power. Politics in the United States is dead. The House, the Senate, the presidency, the Supreme Court, it doesn't matter. Even though the Supreme Court rules against these bureaucracies on a pretty consistent basis, what do the bureaucracies do? Do they follow the rule of law? No, they don't. They sit there and say, okay, we just need to find another way around it. Student loan debt, for example, or affirmative action, for example. When these colleges were ruled against on affirmative action and um, tuition uh, replacement, tuition help, what did they say? Did they say, well, we'll have to... uh, We'll have to follow the law. Nope, none of them said that. They said, well, we have to find another way around it. In other words, we have to break the law. We just have to find another procedure to break the law. It also shows that it doesn't really matter. It doesn't really make any difference who the president is. It doesn't make a difference who controls the House, who controls the Senate, or who controls the judiciary. As long as the organs run we will follow the same ideology. We really need to rip apart these bureaucracies. If we don't, this country can't be saved. Okay, I hope you guys have a great day. God bless. This is Gene, and you listen to Dumbasses Talking Politics.